Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, Rebel Radio time. Rebel Radio, because we don't have a website right now time. Does that mean this is unsanctioned time? We'll figure it out time. Happy Thanksgiving time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Wednesday afternoon. Got from across a, a town at an undisclosed location somewhere. And when I say across town, it could be in any cardinal direction, really, because I live, you know, basically two miles from the old stadium right here downtown and um so really that could be that could be in any cardinal direction where we're going to the uh the uh the undisclosed location of the one and the only patrick brown our co-worker beat writer extraordinaire for tennessee football pat what's up man you're out here giving your people uh your address i don't really pretty much i live two miles from neyland stadium just past the the weigel's I mean, people 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 know I live here in Old North Knoxville. I don't care. I don't give a what. It don't matter. There's nothing. There's nothing exciting going on over here. What are you gonna? You, you gonna disagree with me that Tennessee football is bad right now and come fight me about it? What are you gonna do, bro? Uh, don't don't entice them, man. That's what I'm saying. I mean, come on, man. It's okay. You know what? We were gonna release this on a Thanksgiving, uh, but now we'll have to find something else to do for Thanksgiving. Maybe I will. Uh, maybe I'll see if I can get Ramey to do another hoops podcast with us or get Callahan on here. We'll try to do something else for Thanksgiving, but uh, we're gonna do this one today because right now, much like Tennessee football, uh, our website is not working. Uh, <laughs> it, it is, uh, and it's not us actually. Believe it or not, it's uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon. They are. Uh, they they host a lot of the stuff for our site, and uh, they are having issues right now. I guess with a uh, Thanksgiving ish so, surge or whatever it is. But bottom line is, Pat, we have been our site's been offline for a couple hours now. It's been interesting. Uh, it feels like it's been all more than a couple hours. When you're an internet writer and there's no internet for you to write on, you're like you kind of don't know what to do with your hands, like Ricky Bobby. Isn't it weird? Yeah, I, I mean, like, like Jeremy Pruitt talked on the SEC teleconference a little bit ago, and. You know, I got two stories ready to go. I managed to pull up our, our story editor page uh, and got them loaded up there. They're ready to go, but I'm not about to hit publish because it's not going to go through and nobody could read it anyway because uh, Amazon Web Services uh, is having a they're having a bad day. But anyways, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, when in doubt, throw someone else under the bus. That's that's a tried and true method. And, or blame uh, Ryan Callahan. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is Ryan's fault. And he's not here to defend himself. I would, so. I would love to blame Ryan for this, but that would mean Ryan has as much power as Jeff Bezos, and, that, and in that world, I would not want to live. So let, let's just say that it's it's uh, it's, it's not our fault. We're going to throw Amazon under the bus. Hopefully, they get their stuff together 
almost said a word I shouldn't say, get their stuff together. And hopefully we can continue on and bring this podcast also, uh, in addition to your phone, bring it back to the website uh, where, you, where it normally is. Do we have a beat button on here? Do you have that function yet? I have used it before uh, when we had our podcast with uh, our good friend Tim Watts at Bama Online for the 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 big round table like five of us for that i accidentally let a let, let the let the freak flag fly once in that one and uh, had to go in there and bleep that out so uh we've only had to use it once which is um back at back when i was at tennessee sports radio we we had um we had what we called the ange button uh which was our our, our the bleep button on radio is like the button that you hit to dump the last eight seconds on terrestrial radio you just like bleep that it didn't happen or whatever the past five seconds whatever it is and it's a big red button, um, but but we put like uh, like the words "ange" on it because when Eric was getting used to doing radio at first, he, he said way too many bad things and we had to dump that button a lot. So uh, good times back in the day. And why are we reminiscing about good times now? Because uh, times now not so great. Uh, Tennessee, as as y'all know by now, I imagine, uh, in addition to to being on a five game losing streak, is now on its third open date in five weeks. Uh, the SEC has tried to, and I can I can defend this. The SEC is trying to give everyone in the league a chance to play ten games, and in order to make that happen, uh, this week's Tennessee Vanderbilt game, which I I don't know why that wasn't the SEC's top priority. You know, it's like the Iron Bowl, but way better. Tennessee Vanderbilt right now, uh, it has been postponed because they're moving Missouri. Vanderbilt to this week because that game had been postponed. Now that game is going to be played Saturday, and now they're going to be using that extra open week, which we've been talking about uh, for the SC championship game, to, to get some other stuff. So basically, bottom line is Tennessee now has three weeks to play the final three games of the season, and the next game will be Florida next week, uh, a Florida team that got a, got a pretty decent push by Vandy but has been playing really good football right now. But we'll have plenty of time to talk about Florida next week. Pat, what does this mean for Tennessee? Is this good news, bad news? We don't know news. Well, it, we got to blame Arkansas uh, first of all because this this is their fault. Um, the Razorbacks have some COVID yeah. uh, with positive cases, and a new, my new favorite phrase that I've gotten really good at typing: subsequent contact tracing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's been uh, I've typed that a lot over the past couple of weeks between Tennessee having two games postponed, um, but. Missouri has already had two games postponed, right? And so if they're going to play 10 games, they have to play this week and then the next three. Mm-hmm. And so what the SEC did, and this probably won't be the last time they do it uh, over these next couple of weeks, is uh, they said, all right, Missouri, you can't play Arkansas. You're going to go play Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Congrats on another open date. You've got some flexibility left. we got to do what we got to do. So, so Missouri's only played six games at this point. I think they're three and three, right? So um, – that's sort of a, a domino effect. And, and like I said, I, I think this is going to continue happening. Um, I saw this from, I think it was Dave Matter who covers Missouri. Apparently Sam Pittman on the SEC teleconference today said he would, Arkansas would find out Friday if next week they're playing Alabama, which they're supposed to, or they're going to play Missouri. So uh, there's probably going to be some moving and jostling and, and there could be some, uh, there could be the weird thing of there being a few games on, uh, on December the 19th. Uh, before the SEC championship game that night, so that 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 could be kind of weird. That would be obviously I don't I don't know how how long the regular season used to go um, back in the day, but uh, certainly this has been uh, an interrupted month. I mean Tennessee when they play Florida next week, it's going to be 42 days since they played a home game. 
I mean, that's, that's a insanity. Long, it's a long time. Uh, and it's going to be just their third game in what, six weeks. It's just, it's just been a kind of disrupted kind of season. And, and I don't, I don't think the SEC has said that Tennessee and Vanderbilt are for sure playing on the 19th of December. That game could be on the 12th. I think, I think it's going to be on the 12th and then A&M will be on the 19th. That, that's, that's the possibility. Um, the SEC is trying to get these 10 games in. I don't know if they'll prioritize vision games. Uh, I don't, you know, They'll, they'll probably try to make sure that Florida and Alabama, since those are the teams that are leading their divisions right now, are, are clean and get through all those games. And they might try to make sure that Texas A&M plays all of its games so that it has as many chances uh, as it uh, as it can to impress the college football playoff. That's why that's why I get torn because, on on whether they're going to prioritize division games like a Tennessee Vanderbilt, or they're going to make sure that Tennessee A and M gets prioritized so that way A and M has a better chance of getting to ten games. So if you're a Tennessee fan or even a Tennessee player, as we saw on some some Twitter, uh, some tweets the other night, and you're thinking, let's not play all 10 games. Let's just get it over with. Yeah. Uh, the SEC is is they're trying to make money, and the way they make money is by having two teams in the college football playoff. So, uh, you know, and, and two of those teams that are contention are going to have to play each other, potentially Florida and Alabama in the SEC championship game. So uh, the balls might get served up on a platter to Texas A&M try to impress the committee i don't know i'm just kind of spitballing a conspiracy theory here i don't know if that's going to be the case um if, if tennessee's COVID issues uh and we'll, we'll get into this in a minute but they, they do have some COVID issues going around right now with with the program really the first time during the season this has happened obviously yeah first time in like eight weeks or so yeah uh, obviously during uh the preseason it was it was all the rage um and, and a point of consternation of course, yeah now, so it, it was it was the cool so, thing everybody was doing it so it's gone from you know a point of consternation to just a, an excuse everybody's tired of hearing about. It's funny how that works. Um, but uh, if Tennessee's COVID situation gets bigger, then they might not get all their 10 games in, and, and they might not be the only SEC team that does that. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's you're getting to the point of the season where there's really no flexibility left. Uh, you know, if Tennessee's going to play 10 games, they're going to play the next three weeks. But um, and, and, Wes, I think you made a great point of this on our roundtable that, again, uh, if you're a subscriber to go boss 24 seven, you might've read this morning before the site went down, but maybe uh, you made this point about how, uh, teams that are losing, you know, they get to the point where they're tired of practicing against each other. Tennessee's practice against each other a lot over these past few weeks. And so, and I think we all made this point is that if you're Tennessee, this Vanderbilt game getting postponed is bad because you, you just came off a, a decent performance. Now it wasn't perfect and it didn't, you, you didn't get a win at the end of it. So one of their better you know, performances of the season though, if we're being honest. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, close only counts and horseshoes and hand grenades, right? So, yep. you know, you were close to winning, but that doesn't really mean anything, but if you're Tennessee and you're, you're one of these players, you want to get right back out there. Right. I mean, you, you, you want to get that taste out of your mouth. You're motivated. You're probably pissed off that uh, you let, five or six, seven, eight plays with the difference in you beating Auburn or having a chance to beat Auburn and losing by 13. So, um, you know, you, you take that out of the equation. Now they, they have a few more days to sort of kind of sit there and, and fester and, and, you know, that, that's probably not the best situation. And uh, if you're looking, if you were thinking there might be a quarterback change, um, I, I'm not holding my breath. It might've been, you know, if I'm starting Harrison Bailey at some point, I would rather have started him against Vanderbilt for the first time as opposed to Florida. I know Florida's defense isn't maybe vintage, but still pretty good. Um, I, I don't know that that's off the table or not. I, I'm with the quarterbacks with me. I, when they start Harrison Bailey, I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it, uh, regardless of, of what's going on there. But uh, yeah, yeah. And, and what I was saying, Pat, was that I, I think they 
anytime you're losing, it can get frustrating, but, but there are differences. Like when, when you're a team like Tennessee and, and you correct, you're correcting my point. Thank you. You're expounding upon it. I didn't get all the details. You'd you you you'd won eight games in a row. You, you were supposed to be a pretty good team this year. I've covered teams. Now we're not around them on a daily basis this year. We're on, we can talk to them on the phone. We can do certain things. We can do zoom, but, but we're not physically in the building much. So it's, you know, you're, you're having to take more people's word for it a lot of times than, than actually being able to confirm things with your own eyes. And, and you know, we still hear plenty of stuff. It's not like we're, we're shut out here, but, but you just don't hear as much. It's just the nature of the world. But I've been around teams where they were supposed to be good in different sports, and, and they struggled a lot. And those teams, in, in practice, it, it gets chippy. Um, the mood gets surly. You know, things that you would let slide when, when you're winning all of a sudden become a problem. You know, that, that sore knee that's bothering you. Uh, when, when, you're, when you're playing for a championship or playing for a really good season, you know, you'll play through that and it's okay. When, when, you're, when you're not, you know, it, 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 you, it, it gets a little bit more of a problem and somebody hits you on that in practice and then you start swinging and, you know, you get offense pointed defense, defense pointed offense you just get a bunch of a chippiness because you've got a whole lot of testosterone in one room and uh, in football, especially when you got 125 players uh, or 120 players, whatever it is. And, and then, you know, 40, 50 support staff people, a lot of alphas in a room. And, and when you're not going right, uh, it gets chippy and not fun. And if you have to do now, this is the third time uh, in, in five weeks that they're going through an open date with no f- direct opponent to prepare for, that can get really, really frustrating. And, and I think it would be better for this team to go out there and have somebody else to play on Saturday knowing that they have another target to go aim at instead of each other. And, you know, because people say it's an opportunity to get better. It's an opportunity to do all these things and get better. Sure it is, um, but it's also an opportunity to let wounds fester a little bit longer. And I would add on top of it that now you've got COVID going just rampant around the country and you're giving now an open date on Thanksgiving week. So you're probably going to have a couple extra open days here with, with no lifting, no anything. And then do players go home? Do they congregate with, with friends from who go to other colleges who are home for Thanksgiving? I mean, that's what people do, right? That's what people do. And that's why the state of Pennsylvania and others have, have cut off liquor sales because they're, they're trying to kind of put a kibosh on these post post uh, thanks or pre Thanksgiving get togethers that friends across the country have bottom line here is this, I can see a lot of, I can see a lot more scenarios now that are bad as a direct result of not playing this week. And that's why I think that even if it was a shell of a team, they should have played, they could, they, if they could have played, they should have. Well, and <clears throat> like I said, we will, we'll talk about the COVID stuff here in a second, but um, this was, this was a game. Tennessee was were they 11 point favorite to open. According to to William Hill over yeah, in Vegas, ten, eleven, yeah, eleven, somewhere. I around mean, there. this was this was, and and that's why the Auburn loss was, um, sort of a tough one to take. It made it tougher to take that uh, Auburn was more beatable clearly than Texas A&M and Florida probably will be, especially without Bigsby. Yeah. So you know that that game was there for the taking for Tennessee, and they kind of screwed themselves and let it get away. Um, can I say screwed themselves? Is that mm-hmm. allowable on yeah, this family that, podcast? That, that's okay, allowed. Right. Um, and, and so, and, and this Vanderbilt game was very winnable. I know Vanderbilt's been playing better, um, and, and better is a relative term because they were getting the doors blown off them, and that is 
pun intended there. Yeah. Uh, earlier in the season, I mean, South Carolina beat them what forty-one to seven. They had like a couple forty-one-seven losses. Ole Miss and there was no there, there was no Kyle Pitts for Florida in that game. Um, and so you know the Mississippi State game. Mississippi State was playing with fifty-something scholarship players, but then again, Mississippi State pushed Georgia pretty good the other night. So uh, you know that that Kentucky game, that final score is a little deceiving. It was a seventeen-point game there. I think midway yeah. through the fourth quarter, yeah. Vanderbilt scored late a couple times, um, and then Florida. Uh, you know, you can't blame the Gators for maybe sleepwalking a little bit there. 11 a.m. start in Nashville. Plus no Kyle Pitts. That's a huge – that might be the best non-quarterback empty, in college you know, football, you know. That's a, an empty stadium there. I know there's a lot of, you know, jokes about Vanderbilt Stadium. It's always empty, but it's actually empty this year. I don't think they're allowing any fans other than maybe uh, players' families. But um, this was a game that Tennessee had a chance to win. Now, some, you know, some of, some people will say, oh, well, it was a chance for Pruitt to lose to Vanderbilt and get fired, which, okay, granted, but – uh, I think the way Tennessee played, if they could have built off that performance that they had against Auburn, where they ran the ball really well, Eric Gray looked really good. Um, you know, they did a lot of good things uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, you had a chance to build off that and get a win. And that's what this program, I think, needs more than anything right now is a win. They need something to feel good about themselves. Uh, something to show some sort of hope. I know I know, a win against Vanderbilt wasn't going to change the tenor of the season. Now, if they, by some uh, I don't want to say miracle, but if, if they were to somehow beat Texas A&M or Florida, then I think that that could change maybe a little bit of the tune of the season. But yeah. um, on the flip side, and you put this out too, don't lose to Vanderbilt. So now Tennessee may not have that opportunity uh, because, like I said, the SEC really hasn't put a, a – that game is like in limbo of limbo. Uh, limbo of limbos out there. So uh, who knows if it'll get played. Um, it might, it might not. It's – it's not really – if you pull up Tennessee's schedule, it, I don't know if that game appears anymore, at least on, like, the CBS app and maybe our website, which you can't get to anyway. Yeah, that, we'll leave it as a mystery if, if you can get it on our website or not. Okay, how about that? Leave a little something. Let's see if it's on – let's see. I think Tennessee's official website probably has it somewhere, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, and, I, you know, Pat, I, I think we need to, to mention this too. If Jeremy – Oh, wow, they have, they have it as the uh, – they have, like, the, the shrugging emoji guy. Yeah, there you go. There no, you they go. don't. Just kidding. That would be great if they did. Time. Man, you got me excited there. I was hoping that that was true. If um, gullible party of one. If, if you know, Jeremy Pruitt said on Wednesday during his press conference or, or, or SEC teleconference appearance that Tennessee did not have any COVID tests this week or positives. And then he said, you know, why well, they had the one. And I, I don't want to – say that's not true because I have no proof that that's not true. And, and I'll say this. I've said this before. I'll say this time and time again. You can say whatever you want about Jeremy Pruitt. I have never caught the dude flat out lying to me. I, he has. He, he said ha- they had one on Sunday. Yeah, he, he has. And Pruitt has been a guy who, if he asks a question, if I ask him a question and he doesn't want to answer, he'll be like, no, nah, I don't want to do that right now. Or, you know, can we talk about this another time or off the record or whatever? But if the dude is on the record and he says something, it's usually either the truth or some sort of, at worst, an obfuscation, basically. And so, but I don't I, even know what that word means. But I think talking around the truth, basically. But but if 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 they played this week, they would not have had, in my opinion, they would not have had just one player out because you get into contact tracing and. This is the word people don't like, um, but or the phrase people don't like, I should say. Contact tracing, in my opinion, I don't know the exact number, Pat, 
but I do believe it would have put out a significant number of players for this for this week. Well, I, I don't know the number either, but um, it's in my it, opinion, I think it's it's it would have been a, a significant number. They, I don't think Tennessee was in jeopardy of not playing the game. Correct, but uh, I think in this case it was probably going to be quality over quantity based on mm-hmm. where from a couple of places we heard some of the guys who were caught up in it were, and it would have been uh, the starting lineup on both sides of the football would have been pretty interesting. It would it would have reminded uh, me it would have reminded me Pat uh, would have reminded me a couple of weeks ago of the A and M game or the A and M situation, right? Because A and M situation was you had a veteran player on that team, a couple of them who had tested positive. And uh, in that, in their team, the, the common clicks are like the older players are, are a click and the younger players are a click basically. And like all of their veterans basically would have been out if they'd played Tennessee that, that week, I believe it was. So, yeah, I mean, but go on. I just wanted to say that I, I think it would have been, you know, just like it was with AM a little bit back. I think I think several starters from what we've been told um, have been have maybe have been caught up in the contact tracing. Uh, Pruitt said Wednesday he didn't know what maybe when they started, if they would be able to play against Florida or not. Um, but this is, uh, I, I would say, several starters on both sides of the ball. The, the player who tested positive, from what I was told, I believe is a defensive starter. Um, and so, uh, like I said, I, I don't have the, the raw numbers um, or, or the exact specific number of how many guys are out, but uh, I, I don't think it was enough to really jeopardize the game being played if Tennessee was playing on Saturday. But I think it would have made things very interesting uh, in terms of the starting lineup on, on both sides. And I think a couple of positions in particular would have looked really or, or probably a little bit harder hit than most in terms of who is out and how many are out. So, yeah. And uh, I, and I want, I want to be clear about this too, Pat. There are some people in Nashville who are, th- who ha- have made the argument that they thought Tennessee had some contact tracing issues and was trying to Doug Vanderbilt. I do not believe that at all. I'll just now, be honest. I do not believe that. The, the, the flip side of that is Tennessee might, when the ACC said, Hey, we're going to move your game. Tennessee might've been okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> you sure. Know, sure. Just, At that point they're saying, they yeah, might have not yeah. put up a fight, which, you know, is, is you know, if they had a fully healthy team, maybe they they say, "Hold on, yeah, we no. don't want to do this." Can we play you know, it Thursday? Raise... What do we need to do? Yeah. So you know, and but no, th- this move is entirely the, the game getting postponed was entirely an SEC decision. Um, and I don't know that I don't really know how much how much sway Tennessee had in it anyway. Um, and, and you know, some people may take that as Tennessee doesn't have any sway anymore because they're bad at football. Blah blah blah. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that. Well, clearly Tennessee. We all, we all have bosses, right? And when they tell us what to do, we do it, right? I well, mean, yeah, that, but can, can you think of a more important game in the SEC than Tennessee and Vanderbilt? I, I can't. I mean, that rivalry in-state, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, two of the heaviest hitters in the league right now, you know, just all kinds of weight they can throw around. Yeah, I mean, it's – They've lost uh, – Tennessee's lost five in a row. Vanderbilt's lost – well, they're owing seven. Yeah, and they might have lost. They obviously lost to Tennessee last year, so I think they've lost eight in a row dating back last year. So that's a combined losing streak, thirteen games between these two. Mm, yeah. So, um, but that, that's real positive. Get, getting back to Tennessee, I, they did not practice on Sunday. Pruitt mentioned that at his press conference on Monday. They didn't practice on Sunday. They've been practicing on Sundays a little bit this season. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it this year because they were uh, waiting to see what the the results of Sunday's COVID testing would be. Uh, that's when they had the pot, the player who was positive pop up. Um, and Pruitt mentioned that, uh, you know, he, he's talked to some other coaches around the league. 
just this season, I think he's admitted to talking to who we have a list Lane, yeah, Kevin Steele, Jimbo Fisher, uh, and, 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 and he, and he, there's he, more. He and Kirby communicate too. I mean, there, there's, there's a, there's a group I think of probably them. Muschamp is probably in there. He, he for sure. Muschamp, Muschamp is one of his best friends for sure. And so, uh, he, he kind of said that just from talking to some of, uh, people around the league that travel has been maybe a source of a mini outbreak, right? Yep. Because players are, and we've seen this in the NFL too. There's not as much transmission during the game on the field, but when these players get cramped into a plane, cramped into a bus at the airport, uh, they're in hotel rooms where they maybe can't space out as much. If it's two to a room, the locker rooms, a lot of visitor locker rooms in this league aren't uh, aren't exactly spacious. <laughs> they're high school or luxurious. Locker. They're high school locker rooms, and so you know you you get players around. You know that they they certainly. Uh, I know. I know people say, "Well, they're playing on the field together." You know, there's been based on the SEC's data and the NFL data, there's been very almost no evidence of transmission during games, right? Um, and so, but when you get players in a locker room getting ready, that's when they, you know, count as close close contacts and all that. Um, yeah, and and, and, so, and I think the SEC missed an opportunity this year to do something different with visitor locker rooms, like use some sort of a mobile transport, you know, bring in well, some sort of a trailer or something because, and I, and I get it that traditionally in the league and, and we got to get to break here. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but the, the league itself, there are lots of, it's kind of a tradition around college football. You don't want your visitors locker room to be comfortable. It's, it's, well, you know, no, you don't. Some, course you don't. some people paint it pink. Some people have like open, you know, two toilets right next to each other with no door between them. They, they just, they don't care. They paint them gray or even pink, yellow. You know, they, they mess with you a little bit by making it as Spartan as possible in there. Um, but I think this year they could have said, okay, uh, let's bring in some trailers. There's obviously room on campus right now. Let's bring in some trailers and let's let's pull them up next to the stadium like TV trucks and you know kind of like they did with Battle of Bristol you know kind of had that little separate room or whatever space it out a little bit you know I think they could have done something there because it's clear that teams that are traveling are getting on planes and getting on buses and they're getting in small locker rooms and that's making it worse. Yeah, um, and it's not like Neyland Stadium has the most spacious visiting locker room. No, gosh, no, it's uh, it's, a, actually, it's a it's a bandbox. I think Florida, when they played at Vanderbilt last week, I think they kind of did. I don't know if they've arrived in waves, but they definitely went out. You know, they they, may, they tried to get it to where the whole team wasn't changing in the locker room at the same time. They also arrived only an hour before the kickoff, and they arrived already wearing their their padded pants, like well, a, basically like a Pop Warner team. Like they 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 try and, and Mullen's always done it differently. Mullen always warms up right before the game. His teams, he doesn't want them sweating too much before a game. They just get loose basically. Um, so he's always been a little bit different in many ways, including that way. Think, but they also traveled kind of like a Pop Warner team would, with their with their padded pants on, and then they get there, and then they put their their. Shoulder I think pads I remember on. that from when they when Florida played Tennessee in in 2018. I was like, why are their guys? They were pretty much warming up in just like t shirt and, and their game pants. I was like, why you know why are they doing that? It was like 20 minutes before the game starts. So I was like, what are they doing that for? So he he comes from the old the old school. If you uh, remember Bronson Arroyo, the longtime Cincinnati Reds pitcher, who said, "There's only so many bullets in the gun." And that's why that between innings, Arroyo would just instead of throwing eight hard pitches, he would just stand behind the mound and lob two or three times to the catcher, and then throw one pitch and start the inning, um, because he said, "Hey man, there's only so many bullets in the gun, right?" So, 
uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things they could have looked at, and, and I think it might be a moot point now because next season it looks like, knock on wood, everything goes all right, all right with these vaccines and we get the world back to somewhat normal. But um, I think there were some missed opportunities this season to alleviate some of those stresses. Maybe, um, you know, taking a, a couple of planes to space people out, uh, maybe, um, maybe, maybe having, you know, more spaced out in hotels, maybe doing game day well, travel. I think, in, I think in planes and hotels, you can wear masks, which I think check the box, but yes, maybe not, maybe not as much in locker rooms, but yeah, no, that that's fair. That's fair. Well, guys, shall we break? Yeah, let's, let's step away. I think we've, we've, we've hammered this into oblivion. Let's go uh, to break real quick. Uh, we're going to go pay some bills, listen to products, ads, and, and, uh, in-house ad services, all those other fun things. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about everything that we're thankful for in the year 2020 because, boy, I tell you, it's just been a great year. Nothing's gone wrong at all. So we're going to we're gonna step away and we're going to come back and we're going to have a little bit of fun doing that. Hashtag ad. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, in-house ads, services, other fun things that you heard during that commercial break. I already messed that up, and that's okay. We'll just keep on rolling because it's 2020, and that's how we roll in this year. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown from an undisclosed location, talking Tennessee football, talking lots of other stuff. Uh, before we get to that, guys, I'm going to do this quickly again. I know some of y'all, I get messages saying, why do you keep saying this? Because I'm going to say it every podcast, and you're going to have to like it. 
please go in there, take a minute out of your time. Please rate and review this podcast. Please mash that subscribe button, whether you uh, get this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you can cast a fine pod anywhere in the universe, you can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And this thing is growing at such a really fun rate. I'm telling you the numbers that, that I, I can't release them, but I can tell you I look at them every week and they are going up, 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 and they're fun to see. This has been fun to be a part of. Uh, and the one thing y'all can do to help us take it even further is you can leave a rating and you can leave a review. That would help us a lot. Uh, if we do some merch giveaways and stuff later, which I do intend to do as this thing keeps growing, uh, have some uh, friend of the pod t-shirts or some koozie giveaways, you know, some different kinds of fun things. Uh, you know, obviously we'll, 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 we'll have GoVols 24-7 staff autograph things that you'll quickly burn when you get them. We can have all kinds of fun stuff that we can do just for fun. Uh, and we might do some giveaways based off of that. Um, but if there's something that you, you like about this podcast, let us know. If there's something that you want us to change other than our voices, which I don't think we can change except for maybe with auto-tune, uh, we can do that. You know, we'd love a five-star rating, but if you want to give something else, just, hey, be honest, man. Tell us what you, tell us what you like, what you don't like. And we can move on and appreciate that. Also, as soon as our website does come back uh, to life, as soon as it uh, rises from the ashes like Kane, uh, we will uh, have really good giveaways going on right now. Uh, we've already had a free VIP day this week. Uh, obviously, you all know Black Friday's coming up, Cyber Monday's coming up. All kinds of fun deals uh, that we're going to have uh, on the site, and you should really check them out once the site works again um, because it, it's – come on, do your job, Jeff Bezos. Do your job. Uh, quickly though, moving on before we get back to football and things we're thankful for, uh, I do want to mention that, uh, one more bummer, uh, cause 2020 is that kind of a year. Tennessee basketball also not playing next week. So the 12th ranked Vols, uh, will not be playing in what was going to be a hell of a fun week, to be honest with you, playing, playing number one Gonzaga there in Indianapolis and then traveling up to, to South Bend, uh, to play Notre Dame, um, which would have been really, really fun, especially for this Catholic year. But, uh, that is not going to happen. We'll see if they can reschedule them. I doubt they'll be able to, but um, just kind of how it is. So Tennessee's going to hopefully right now open the season against Cincinnati the following week. Uh, but Rick Barnes, you know, the confirmation, he tested positive for the virus. And we've mentioned this time and time again, basketball, as soon as you get one positive test, there's a lot of contact tracing that happens really quickly uh, in that sport. So uh, that that's, that's kind of where things are right now. Hopefully, um, I'm still on board with Rick Pitino's plan. I have been for weeks. I think they should start the season later, um, try to give the vaccine a chance. But, hey, that's not my decision to make. That's not my pig, not my farm. We will move on. Pat, 2020 has been something. Uh, it has been – and it's funny that I'm talking about basketball as a segue to this because it was sitting there at the SEC tournament where Grant Ramey and I were – uh, getting ready to cover a game, Tennessee was getting ready to warm up and play, and then all of a sudden, hey, uh, the tournament is canceled. And so then the the season was postponed, no March Madness, and then we went through the summer of frustration. And and then, you know, things started to get maybe a little bit better, right? You know, they were it's different, but first we could watch some soccer. Um, you know, they got going in Europe a little faster than we did here. Uh, and then we got some baseball, but it was under different circumstances. Um you know, no fans, really different, short season, which means it doesn't matter. Unless the Cubs won the World Series, it would have been a real year, but they didn't, so it wasn't a real year. Uh, and then football started, and all of a sudden, hey, like things things look okay, right? You got some fans in the stands in a lot of places. Things are going okay. Hey, look at you, Big Ten. You're stupid. Ha, ha, ha. You didn't do it right. 
Um, you know, Pac-12, what are you doing over there? And and now we're back in it again where the virus is really, really, really picking up steam as people thought it would when it's colder. And now we're just hoping that they can finish the season and that there will be something resembling a basketball season. So, Pat, what has this year been like for you? Um, just, just, just for you. What's it been like for you, Patrick, undisclosed Brown? Uh, are you, uh, how personal do you want me to get here? I, you know, it's not my mo to. Get well, personal, that, that's right? I open the floor for you. You can just talk. You can talk professional only if you want. You don't have to talk personal. Uh, as personal as I'll get is is I changed undisclosed locations. There you go. It's a lovely. It's a lovely new abode you got there. So, uh, yeah, that's um, there, some other good things are are on the way as well. But um, yeah, no, I, I I'm glad that they uh tried i don't want to say they tried i mean i'm glad that that the college football season happened to a degree right i mean this was uh i think for a lot of people involved this is uh it's obviously important to us because it's our jobs and it's our livelihoods but uh for those that are involved it's 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 their life i mean for players you know they wanted you know a lot of them wanted to play most of them pretty much all of them you know wanted to play uh not just in tennessee but uh across the country and um, it's taken a sacrifice on their part. It's taken a risk on their part. Uh, same for the coaches and all the people that uh, that work in the, in those programs and uh, the people who work at uh, at different levels within conferences and and programs and elsewhere. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's been weird. I think we're all ready for it to get back to normal. Um, and but I, I whatever, however, the rest of the season plays out for Tennessee and and really for the sport. Um, it's been it's been good that it happened at all, right? Because this is a lot better than the alternative, which the alternative, which uh, was nothing. Uh, as you, you you know, you guys were in Nashville that day back in March. I was actually getting ready to cover Tennessee's second spring practice that Thursday afternoon when yep. uh, you know they were pulling teams off the floor at uh, various conference basketball tournaments, and you know the night before Rudy Gobert just tested positive, and it was still very fresh, and you know. Nobody knew a whole lot about what was going on at the time. So there was a lot of uncertainty. Uh, in that moment, of course, there was, uh, you know, the teams came back in June. It was like, what, you know, what's going to happen now when they got back to campus? Um, I remember that day, I think it was in July, right, where the Big Ten was, you know, they were like, we're not playing. We're trying, you know, we're trying to get everybody else to go with it. And it was like, what's the Big 12 going to do? Yeah, because well, the, yeah, the Ivy League did it first, and then the Big Ten followed the Ivy, I think. And uh, it was the Mac that did it first, but the Mac, you know, they don't they don't have any funding over there. The 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 Mac um, the Mac is to the Big Ten as the Sun Belt is to the SEC. And uh, you know, and so uh, you know, the Big Ten, you know, we could have a whole separate podcast about why they did that. Um, but fortunately, cooler heads prevailed, and there were only really three or four leagues that decided way too early to make a decision and decide not to play and then reversed it. They didn't look very good. I still think it's clown show that the big 10, or I still think the big 10 is a clown show. Um, and now they've had a situation where they've, you know, they've cost Wisconsin looks like it's not even going to be eligible to play for the conference title. And that was a team that, you know, it's probably pretty good, you know, and, and yeah. you know, they lost Northwestern and I understand that. Which and, is, Northwestern's been a good story too. Um, that defense, shout out Mike, that defense. Shout out, Shout out Mike Bajakian over there yeah. calling the plays for the Wildcats, former uh, Tennessee offense coordinator. Um, good but, dude too. Good dude. Yes. Uh, you know, of course, Wisconsin may not they might have won might not have won the division anyway after losing that game on Saturday, but now they doesn't even matter anyway because I think there was Minnesota game got post canceled, so you know they didn't they didn't they didn't have any of these scheduling flexibility that they 
that the SEC built in. So, um, and and you know, from a you know from a sports fan standpoint, I'm, I'm you know I'm thankful that some of these leagues did what they needed to do to to get seasons in. You know, I enjoyed watching the NBA bubble. I enjoyed watching uh, the Braves during baseball season. The NFL season has been great. I've been enjoying Red Zone on Sundays. Uh, you know, I don't really have a team, so that's my uh, I'm, I'm team red zone, I guess you could say. So, uh, you know, th- there were a lot of things, and, and I think we joked about this before, or maybe it was earlier this week, but, you know, when there were no sports on, it was it was kind of weird, right? I didn't yeah. like it, you know. We, we, we had we had NASCAR guys playing video games against each other. That's what we see, had. See, that, that doesn't count to me. So, um, and you see, when I, when I tweeted that, uh, Roush Fenway Racing tweeted back at me like, hey, people enjoyed that. We're still doing that. I was like, hey, God, I, hey, I, I was just messing around. It's okay. It's you're okay. Just, you're just name dropping like crazy over here. No, I'm just saying that basically that, I, that, that made some people in, uh, a little sensitive. Basically, <laughs> when I tweeted that, you um, made somebody mad. No way. No, right? I, I make an express effort not to do that these days. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it's been. I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll say this. It has been. I think people mind that know that I don't mind getting a little more personal. It, it has been uh, even this week, right? Uh, I'll be honest. My uh, my brother lives in Memphis, and uh, his his girlfriend you is. Mean, a, you mean the greatest city on the planet? Yeah, the greatest city in the history of the world. And uh, his his girlfriend, who they've been dating for gosh longer than my wife and I have been together, even uh, she is a nurse, and so they are not making the trip across the state to come to Thanksgiving. So it'll be the first time since he's he's younger than me. It'll be the first time in since he's been alive that I won't see him on Thanksgiving, and and that's a bummer. That's a big bummer. Uh, you know, it's bummed out a lot of people in my family. Um, so we're keeping our Thanksgiving to just basically our COVID circle, which is me, my wife, her, her mother, and my parents and my sister. That's basically all. That's like our COVID, um, you know, whatever unit. So we can, so we're going to have a smaller Thanksgiving and, and that's going to be a bummer. It is. Uh, and there's going to be no sports cover this week for me, which is, which is a bummer because normally that's, that's a, that's a good thing to do. I mean, people say, hey, you get to see your family more for the holidays. I'm like, yeah, but there's also work to do. I mean, this is how we're wired. We know we got to do this stuff. Um, but I, I think, and um, I, I said the same thing to, to my mother uh, earlier this week in a phone conversation, uh, that, you know, and, and she and my, my dad are of an age where they have to be extremely careful with this thing. And, and so it can be tough on people. It really can be. And I know how tough this season or this season, this, this year, has been for everyone. Heck, a lot of people that I know, I mean, there's people I know that have, that have died because of COVID. I mean, you know, there, there's, this thing is real, it's real and it's bad and we need to get through it. But when I think about everything that's happened this year, when I think about just the, the wrench thrown into our daily lives, uh, the, the economic struggles, the, the lost businesses, the lost lives, uh, a very, very bitter election between a country that's now almost two countries, unfortunately, at times, um, that we just can't meet in the middle on some things and, and, and be brothers and sisters like we normally are. Throughout all of that, I am sort of still amazed at the human spirit. We are still here. Like, as I'm recording this podcast right now, Ohio State, Illinois State are playing basketball, and you got Dick Vitale wearing his headset, from I guess from his home, chiming in during the game. Uh, I mean, this is, we are all doing our best to make this as normal as we can. And I, I do I wish that everyone would wear their face masks? Do I wish that everyone would take this seriously? Yes, I do. But I think a majority of us are, and we are here trying together. 
And I think it's a great story of the human spirit. I, I really do. I mean, I think we're going to emerge better from this. I really, really do believe that. And that's what I'm thankful for. And, and you're sitting here going, and if you're a Tennessee football fan, you know, let, let's just put yourself in, in the mindset of a Tennessee fan, right? You expected, oh my gosh, it's been such a terrible year, but this football team's going to be good, right? Won six games in a row, then won the first two games, eight, eight game winning streak, and it just fell apart. And you're like, okay, so now that sucks too. And then you think, okay, but basketball is going to start. That's going to be fun. And now it's delayed by at least two weeks. And so it's just one level of frustration after another. And some of these Tennessee fans are like everybody else. Their businesses have been shut down. They've lost their jobs. They've been furloughed. They've lost people they love. And the Vols are something that, you know, normally provides an outlet for them. And that's, that's not been what it should be this season. But we're all still here. And we're all still trying to put on a good face about this. Pat, I'm telling you, I, I, in a weird way, in this awful, awful year, and I'll, uh, my stance might change when I don't see my brother on Thanksgiving. I might, I might get really down then when I have to FaceTime him. But, you know, it, it's, I'm thankful, man. I really am. Like, there's a lot of things out there that are bad, but we're still here. I think, I think we're going to come out of this better. And I say this as our website's not even working today, but I mean, I'm just telling you, I, I feel good, man. I do. Uh, during your, during your, uh, your talk, I was trying to, I just gave it a shot, try to post a story. That's, nope, a, that's, a, that's how good my storytelling was there that you immediately <laughs> went to. Can I, oh God, can I just go ahead and try to post a story now? Well, no, I was kind of messing around. I'm, I'm on my computer when we podcast anyway, and, uh, some things look like they were working. And so I was like, I'll give it a shot. Nope. I just I'm and then, try- I sit, and then I see Thomas Goldcamp from our Florida site bragging on Twitter with a link to a story about how he got a story out and I'm like gum it. Well if you've ever seen Goldcamp's home office, he's got you know, I've got three screens here plus the TV does screen. He have, which is four. Does he have uh, America's top forty set up like you do? He's got like more screens than I have. Uh, he, he's got, he's got something going on there. Um, uh, maybe, maybe Are you jealous of his, uh, screen setup. Down no, there? no, no, it's okay. I, I'm happy. Would you be him. more thankful if you had his amount of screens? Probably, probably. Yeah. I could, I could make mega desk again. Actually, I kind of do have mega desk here. Uh, cause it's because we're, yes. we're, we're sitting here in this office, right? This is normally where we recorded this podcast. I've still got y'all's three microphones sitting out here on the table, you know, uh, yeah, uh, I think you need to clean the house. Is what you need to do. No, no, no. I've I've been wiping them off. They're they're <clears> clean. <throat> I mean, I, they're not. They. I make sure there's no dust getting on these nice microphones. And you know, the sound quality of the podcast at times ha- hasn't been as great. It's getting better, but we had to adjust to doing this remotely. And you know, now probably going forward, at least for several more months, we'll keep doing them this way. Eventually, probably on special occasions, we'll come into the office if we're all by campus or something, and do them here occasionally, not very often. Uh, at least not at all until the world gets better. Um, so it's a different way of doing things. But I don't know, man. I think perspective is key on everything. And yeah, it, it's no it's no secret here. I mean, I, people who have followed us for years or, or, or been around the site for years know that, you know, it's about six years ago or something, I, I had that stroke. And out of nowhere at age 32, woke up, couldn't walk, and still don't feel the right half of my body from the neck down. Um, but I can walk around, I can play golf, you know, I'm, I'm okay. But what I'm saying here is that changed my perspective on a lot of things. And I think in general, it made me a much more positive person. And even in a year like this, I'm still seeing some good out there. And I still think, you know, hey, basketball season, when it gets played, Tennessee should be pretty good, right? 
Uh, there's young talent on this football team. Those guys, I think they're going to go through some lumps. It's going to be a miserable next few weeks, I, I imagine. Um, but, you know, they can get better at some point. Tennessee's not going to stay down forever. Tennessee football is not going to go like SMU did and just fall off the face of the earth. It, it's been bad, um, and it's going to get better at some point. I don't know when. I'm not going to sit here and tell you when at this point. I, I don't know. But there's there's too much invested in this program. The facilities are great. The recruiting area is good. Uh, I just refuse to believe this program will be bad forever. I think it's it, it's it, it's will will it ever get back to what it was? I I don't know. I think it could though, and I I just think despite everything that's going on wrong this year, I think if we all sit down for a second and really think, we still have a hell of a lot to be thankful for. We really do. It's hard to see it, but I believe that we do. That's my opinion. That's my opinion, Pat. Yeah, and it, it's it, it's been a you know this week was kind of a bummer too, right? I mean, a lot of people are excited uh, about the basketball team. I, I cover the football program. Um, it's actually been, I think, I finally got adjusted to from uh, being able to watch the basketball team. And of course, they got good right after I left. So, uh, if you want to point the finger at me and say that uh, I'm the reason Tennessee football has not been good for as long as I've been covering it, uh, you're probably right. And whenever that day comes, I do get out of the of this business and and. Uh, choose a different career uh, if that ever happens then uh, I'm sure the Vols will probably go like 11 and one this season right after that that's just how that's just how it goes yeah. um, but uh, you know it's it's unfortunate that you know they they a lot of people excited about the talent on that basketball team and you know their first two games were off the table and now they're not going to get to play Gonzaga next week and uh, Gonzaga is going to play West Virginia instead and um, uh, you know th- this football team I, I know people have said you know, they've been tired of hearing about COVID being an excuse. I, I, I think if the season ends up fizzling out like it might, Tennessee only plays eight or nine games, I think that just kind of makes it even more of a throwaway year in my mind because there's been a lot of crap going on. I mean, um, and, and a lot of a lot of players have had to deal with stuff. A lot of coaches have had to deal with stuff. Um, some teams have handled it better. Uh, Tennessee, I don't think, has handled it very well. But, um, uh, you know, it, it's – uh, it, it was frustrating probably for, for that game to get postponed because it was probably a game Tennessee could win. Um, yeah. And that was a game that um, they were favored to win and you would expect them to win. So um, it's been kind of a, a bummer. And, and now, you know, I was joking about this with somebody today, you know, the, the Raven Steelers game that's supposed to be Thanksgiving night got postponed to Sunday. Right. And so, yeah. you know, just, uh, you know, this is not even that big of a deal, but remember Thanksgiving night last year we had, I don't know if you remember the there was the uh, in addition to the egg bowl with the dog peeing celebration. The dog, yeah, the dog peeing bowl, which was just like even like you know we, we've joked about the Tennessee beat being just absurd over the past ten to twelve years. Even we, even some of us were like, okay, that's pretty wild. Yeah, <laughs> both coaches end up getting fired from from Mississippi State on Miss. Uh, but you also had uh, the, the Saints were playing the Falcons that night, and that's the night that Shy Tuttle. Uh, picked the ball off and then stiff arm Matt Ryan into the next dimension. Yeah, he did. And now we're not going to have any sports on Thanksgiving night. It's sort of a encapsulation of this year. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll be putting together a puzzle. The the Rucker Clan will be. That's what we'll be doing Thanksgiving night now. The, because... the extent of your Thanksgiving night sports now is going to be. I think there's a, fo- a college football game. I think it's like zero and four New Mexico against zero and four Utah State. So you have to be real diehard if you're. Uh, if you're if you're watching that one after eating turkey all day, of course there's you know the Lions play and the Cowboys play and that's that's all nice and stuff. But 
Um, but yeah, it's just kind of crazy how much has, has changed in a year. And um, it, it also has been odd seeing Indiana kind of rise to being a pretty good team. Um, it's like, you think about how Tennessee beat them last year and a lot of, you know, the Hoosiers have a lot of those guys back, but it's like that Gator bowl feels like it was four years ago. And that, it was, doesn't it? it was in January, which is, you know, it's the same calendar year. It's just so much has gone on since then. And it's just, you know, but uh, I it's think it's almost over though. Right. 2020 has got only like a month and a, and a week or so left, not even a month and a week. Yeah. It'll only feel like so, six years in the next couple months, but I mean, I, I, true. I, I think Pat, we can end on this note. I, I, I think that, there is no question whatsoever that this has been an interesting year for coaches to navigate. And I think it's pretty clear that either through circumstances they could control or they couldn't control, or more likely it's both. Tennessee has not handled this, this time as well as others have because other teams have been playing better football. And was it a factor of Tennessee just having a really, really, really bad luck in preseason camp? Um, part of it, I guess. But, you know, this was a team bringing back a starting quarterback, uh, a team with a veteran offensive line, a team with uh, coordinators who were coming back on both sides of the ball, so the systems were staying the same. Uh, there was some continuity there. Uh, you know, and you had to replace a lot of, you know, a handful of, of really good leaders and players. But, you know, you thought, hey, this team should be pretty solid. And very clearly it has not been. Now, is that – you know, just a completely damnable indictment of everything this staff can do at Tennessee. I, I wouldn't go that far. Some people will, and that's fine. Uh, people are, are free to their opinion, and, and maybe it'll end up proving to be the case that this this staff just, you know, wasn't what a lot of people thought it could be, including myself. Um, but I, I'm because you didn't handle a weird year in the best way does not necessarily mean to me that you can't get it done. I'm not ready – to, to go there. And I understand the frustration. Tennessee's lost five games in a row by double digits, first time in program history. And at least a couple of those should have been wins. You could argue three of them should have been wins. It didn't happen. So games you're supposed to win. Yeah. You could have won. Yeah. So I, I think that not handling a weird year, if this had been a normal year and this was happening, I would have a lot more alarm bells ringing for the future than I do for right now, because I still see they're recruiting in a solid clip. I still see that some of these young players are showing talent. Uh, I still believe that you can see a pathway forward um, for this this head coach and these guys to to make this better. I do believe that. Um, now, if I stop believing that, I will let you know immediately because I am nothing if not honest. But I I just think it's been a weird year and people need to chill a little bit and see where it goes after this year. Because if next year is more of the same, you have your answer. Um, but I don't know that you have your answer right now. And I think some people do, and that's fine, Pat, but I just – I'm not there. You know, what, 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 what did we keep hearing on election night when they were – election week, I should say, when they were sitting there looking at all these numbers on a screen saying, yeah, just not there. Facts aren't there yet. Numbers aren't there yet. The math's not there yet. For me, the math's not there yet. I don't see that this thing is done. I don't see that this staff is done. I see this season is basically done, clearly, um, but it's a weird year anyway. No one's even being charged eligibility for this season. So let's see where they go forward. I, I said this in the round table. This is absolutely the last time. I, I would not at all want to be making a change right now um, for so many reasons. First of all, I mean, I, I think you just need to look at the South Carolina situation. I mean, some r reports over there have been a little, I don't want to say scattered, but 
Uh, seems like the name trending most of this week has been Shane Beamer, who's never been a head coach. I don't think he's ever been a coordinator. Yep. Now that could, you know, South Carolina could hire him and that could turn out great. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what people had in terms of expectations for Sam Pittman. He had never been a head coach. He had never been, I don't think he'd ever been a coordinator. Right. Um, he's done a decent job. I mean, job he Arkansas. could have been like some sort of a run game coordinator or something, maybe. But, but he's, he's never, never been, been like a play caller, correct? Uh, correct. And so, you know, if that's who South Carolina is hiring, they they shell out what thirteen something million plus whatever it takes to buy out the whole staff. I mean, uh, for, from you know to be in the coaching market at this point, first of all, how many coaches are going to want to leave right now, right? Um, then you have the recruiting class situation. I think South Carolina's had some decommitments, um, and unless they hire him before. <laughs> You know, unless they can convince them to leave Oklahoma soon, if that's the guy who they're hiring, then how are they going to get anybody signed during the early signing period? And with no, you know, with the dead period being how it is, no visits, no in-home visits, not like you can go into a kid's home and, you know, have a come to Jesus, convince them to come to you, come to play for you, right? You can't do that. Um, I think a lot of players, you know, we, we've seen the past few early signing periods that a lot of players have signed early. I think the percentage is what, around 75, 80%, something like that. It'll probably be higher this year just because, Kids are going to be like, I can't take an, I can't take a visit. So why would I, you know, if I'm committed, I'm just going to sign here, right? So you're going to have even more slim pickings between December and February than you would have in a normal year. And we saw that with, um, you know, Jeremy Pruitt. He had what ten days to get, you know, kind of get the ball rolling on his first class at Tennessee after he got hired. Yeah. You know, in a week into December, um, and, and they ended up having to take some, uh, some reaches. You look at some of those guys they had to take very late in that class, Cedric Tillman. Uh, has played this year, but I don't think he has a catch. You know, Kyle Garland's been okay. Um, you know, they missed out on some guys and didn't get some guys. Uh, and, and they took some guys who were, I don't want to say warm bodies, but they haven't really contributed to this point, but, but they also needed guys. So yeah, they, they, went, anyway. they went and found Kenny George, who had barely played. <laughs> you know, Kingston, Kingston Harris, another guy that got, you know, late. You know, they managed to get some guys there that, that have helped out. Um, you know, I think Dominic Wood Anderson was a two-year starter. You know, Jameer Johnson's played for him. Um but Jordan, Jordan Allen's another guy that was, uh, you know, hasn't hasn't really done a whole lot since he signed. And so uh, you add that to the situation where you're going to have in January, potentially players could transfer and be immediately eligible. Yeah, you might be able to help your roster by bringing in some guys if you work the transfer market, but you'll probably lose some guys too. And so, uh, and, you know, for some teams, you know, this is normally the week, last week of the regular season, right? This week right here. And so, you know, you, you've got, that this would be a lot of the movement. So for now, I mean, Tennessee potentially may not, you know, they play the last game on December the 19th, which is three days after the early signing period. So it's just like whatever reason, if I'm Tennessee, whatever the reason is, whether it's financial, whether it's whatever it is, I, I would not want to make a change in this situation. I would leave that up to South Carolina, let them be the guinea pig. Uh, if it sets their program back two, three years, because they have a 16 player recruiting class, that's ranked 50th uh, and have, 10 guys transfer, then you know, that their roster is going to be in really bad shape for whoever gets that. And that may be another reason coaches don't look to move is because they know that they're stepping into a situation where they're really behind the eight ball from the minute they accept the job, right? Yeah, I don't believe, and I'll end on this thought, I don't believe in, I don't believe in operating out of fear, but I also don't believe in operating out of um, sort of naive optimism. And I think if you make a move right now, if you're Tennessee and you make a move because of fear about how worse this this can get, uh, that's not good. And I also think if you make a naive impression, naive that it can't get worse, uh, it absolutely can. And I, I don't think – now, if you know behind the scenes 
that you've got a really, really, really good looking coaching candidate lined up and he'll take the job and you have the money lined up with your boosters and you want to do that, go right ahead. Go right ahead. When has it ever been that simple for Tennessee? But when is it ever that easy for Tennessee? It's not. I think you have to operate out of a out of sort of a, a cold, realistic calculation. And I think if you're Tennessee right now, the absolute sensible thing to do is dig in. That's what I would do. I think right now you dig in because you need to have continuity in this program. You need stability in this program. You need to get um, people on the same page. You need to there's, – there's a lot of things you need to do to stabilize – this thing. And I think if you make another change after three years and you make it in the middle of a pandemic, I think I don't I don't want to I don't believe in operating out of fear, but I also don't believe in operating out of just some blind belief that it that it could get better. Um, you know, it, it Butch Jones got what, five years, six years, whatever five years, is that what it was? Five. Muschamp got five. Um Dooley got three, and you know, it, it was what it was. But I, I, I just don't think it it makes any kind of sense right now for Tennessee financially or even just just realistically to do this. I think you let you know this guy can recruit, right? Until this season, you had seen him and his staff develop players that can't be argued. They did that. The past two years they made a lot of players better. And I think you just have to let this thing ride out. I also think you have to just get past the Garantano era. You just do. <laughs> that's that's what I was going to bring up. Is you just do. You the, just have the to. The biggest be- selling point. The biggest selling point for me in keeping him is let's see what he does without with a quarterback room that doesn't have Jared Garantano in it. I don't expect Garantano to be back. I who, know people who like to God, joke that he's going to be back. God bless him. He is a massacre of coaches. God bless him. He just is. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's you know what what does that quarterback room look like if he does decide to move on, which is the expectation. You know, you got Harrison Bailey, you've got Salter. One of the other two will probably leave. I would expect them to be aggressive in the transfer market. Just try to maybe get a bridge guy there. Uh, or, you know, or maybe, hell, maybe they start Bailey against Florida and he lights it up and he's your guy. Um, so, and, and you, you know, I, I want to see, ba- I want to see Bailey and Salter uh, and, and Maurer and Trout compete against each other in the spring. That's what I'd like to see. And, and, and in terms of recruiting, if Tennessee does, has nothing else happen in its recruiting class, Based on the points they have on, on our on our rankings on our 27, 24-7 sports team rankings, the number the point total they have right now would have been tenth or eleventh last year. So you still have a pretty decent chance at, yeah. at ending with the top fifteen class. That would be three in a row uh, of full class. This guy's brought in. You would be down to uh, very few fifth-year guys from the previous staff. It would, the roster would almost be his entirely his guys. Yeah. Um, and, and assuming that they have a spring in the spring. He finally would get some of these guys to spring practice because how many how many of these guys in his first two classes have actually had a full spring? I think you can probably count it on one hand. It's that few guys, and this staff clearly believes a lot in development. So, uh, you know, well, there's three areas there's three areas where they need to look and transfer in the transfer market if they have the numbers to do it. If they have the numbers, they could use some difference makers at three spots that they could look at: quarterback, uh, quarterback, edge rusher, edge rusher, tight end. If you can look at those three places and you get a guy, you get a better player or you get a good, like, you know, when, when Grenard or whatever went to Florida, you know, you, you get a guy who. Or Felipe Franks, even yeah, at Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, you, he's you, not yeah. set the world on fire, but he's got. Or, you know, Minshew, you know, back in the day, I, I mean, you know, you, you get a guy who can come in and make you a lot better at any of those three positions. I guarantee you somewhere 
you could go to the Ivy League, you could go to like the Mac, you could find a tight end somewhere there who could come in and help you a lot next season, probably, if you can make that work. And that's what I, I just think if, if lessons are learned from this season, Pat, I think things can be okay. I really do. I might be crazy about that, but I just think that's what Tennessee needs to do right now is focus, put the focus on doing everything you can to learn from this and be better in 21. And I think you need to do that with Jeremy Pruitt as your head coach. That's what I think. That's what I think. You got anything else? I'm ready to get out of here. Are you thankful that you can get out of this podcast now? <laughs> yes. Very thankful. <laughs> At least he's honest, right, guys? At least he is honest. Thanks, Pat. Yep. And thank you all for listening. And I would say thank you for reading our website today, but obviously <laughs> – I haven't been able to do that. So, uh, but that's a, that's an aberration. And again, that's Jeff Bezos' fault. So blame him, not us. We're going to get that corrected. Thanks for listening, guys. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24 7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P Brown 24 7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24 7 on Twitter. Uh, you can also find, if you just want Tennessee news uh, on your social media, you don't want anything else, nothing personal, because we all know how deeply pat gets into his personal life you just want tennessee news go get that at twitter.com slash go 24 7 you can also go to facebook.com slash go 24 7 and get lots of tennessee news there but if you want the uh the best place except for today every other day of the year the best place on all of al gore's internets to get tennessee news go to go 247com that delicious east tennessee mountain spring water just right right from right from the tap right from the tap Everything you want, Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, baseball. Uh, and th- those guys, by the way, just signed another really, really good signing class. A couple of the best players in the country are in that class. Uh, you can also go to uh, you can get go to, go to Vols 24-7 to get great Lady Vols coverage from award-winning Maria Cornelius. Uh, shout out to Maria. Does a great job covering all things Lady Vols for us. We've got a couple of message boards on there. You can go to uh, the, the Summit for women's sports uh, topics and, and an off-topic discussion. You can also go to the Checkerboard uh, the main board there for discussion on men's sports and everything else going on in the world. All kinds of fun stuff on there. And in this year where everything is weird, uh, that's a community that we've built there of people who in this virtual world have, have gotten really close. And we've been able to help each other get through this, and it's been it's been great. And you get all that for the low, low price of less than one mediocre solo lunch per month. Why do I say that all the time? Perspective. Perspective. That is what you get for less than one mediocre lunch per month. Um, often more than, you know, 20 stories in a day of exclusive stuff. You can get from us there, videos, all kinds of good stuff. So go there and check it out. And if you already pay us full price, then you get access in perpetuity to CBS All Access, which is CBS, a streaming platform, which is every show CBS has ever made, commercial-free, new movies every single month. You get live sports, college football, Tennessee football, SEC football, NFL football, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League. Um, you also get all kinds of um, World Series of Poker stuff, exclusive podcast stuff, and you get stuff from uh, Comedy Central. You get stuff from MTV and BET. And for the kids, you got uh, Nickelodeon. And for the whole family, you got Smithsonian with all kinds of good stuff on there. All that, that's a $100 plus annual value that we put in your pocket. We just put it right in your pocket. No questions asked. Pretty good deal. Hard to get a good deal these days. That is a great deal. Uh, if you don't hear from us again, guys, uh, until breaking news happens, uh, you'll probably hear from us either Thursday or Friday. Hoping for Thursday. Might be Friday, but hoping to have something for tomorrow. So we shall see. Until then, stay safe. 
we're in this together. Please, please, we're so close to a vaccine. Just do what you can. Help us out. We're all in this together. Let's get through it, and we'll see you all in a day or two. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.